2: Hello and welcome to Alone Together, a coronavirus podcast. I'm Morven McIntyre.
0: And I'm Dan McLaughlin. We are the podcast that tells the stories of the amazing people who are doing their bit to keep our local communities going.
2: And we also answer your FAQs about the lockdown, suggest practical advice that allows you to get on with your everyday lives in these extraordinary times. Other than leaving home for food, medicine, exercise or in some cases work, We are pretty much stuck indoors during this lockdown. On today's episode, we look at how you can keep yourself entertained at home.
0: Whether that's picking up new skills in the kitchen or playing games with your friends and family, we have some great tips from our guests. So, coming up, I speak to Hazel Reynolds, founder of Gamingly Games, who suggests ways to spend time with your children away from their iPads and games consoles.
1: Everyone wants to play games, you know. People are are facing lockdown and they're thinking, how can I have more fun with my family while I've got the time to spend
2: with them? And I speak to chef Barry Bryson about cooking meals and trying new dishes during the lockdown. He serves up some handy culinary advice for your kitchens.
3: Use the internet, use your cookbooks and be motivated and enjoy enjoy the process because, you know, when you go back to work and everyone's working, you know, nine, ten hours a day again, that time won't be there.
0: But first, Boris Johnson has outlined the steps needed to lift the lockdown in a video posted on Twitter. The Prime Minister warned, however, that lifting lockdown restrictions too soon would be the worst
4: thing that we could do. Here's what he said. Here's a reminder of those five crucial tests. One, the NHS must have sufficient capacity to provide critical care and specialist treatment right across the UK. Two, there must be a sustained and consistent fall in daily deaths from coronavirus. Three, there must be reliable data to show that the rate of infection is decreasing to manageable levels across the board. Four, operational challenges, including testing and PPE, must be in hand with supply able to meet future demand. And five, We must be confident that any adjustments to the current measures will not risk a second peak of infections that overwhelms the NHS. Then will be the time to move on to the second phase. And the worst thing we could do now is ease up too soon and allow a second peak of coronavirus. So
0: there's still some way to go in this lockdown. So it would seem, well, don't worry, we've got a packed episode of Great Ways. To fill your time at home. So, what have you been doing to occupy yourself more, than
2: Well, very on brand of this episode. I've been cooking a lot recently. So, I've been making a lot of vegetarian meals. And the other day, I made my own vegetarian meatballs. And I've been trying as well to do lots of um baking. So, I've made quite a few cakes and some tray bakes. What about yourself, Dan? What have you been doing to keep yourself entertained?
0: Well, I've been trying to do a few things that I told myself before, you know. When the lockdown started, that I'm going to write this super novel. I'm going to write this play. I'm going to read all these books, and the end i'm spending it watching Netflix, eating Pringles. But the the main thing I seem to be doing is writing to friends. I know we sort of can instant message each other on Facebook and Twitter and whatever, but um, particularly with one friend, we're we're in correspondence, physically writing a letter. It's quite sweet. It's quite nice, and you get excited about receiving a letter through the post. It's um. Yeah, quite a nice way.
2: Yeah, that sounds nice. I heard that one of the things they recommended doing was actually keeping a diary or a journal at this time, so that you could look back and kind of see what what you were up to in the lockdown and what way you reacted to it. And also, it'll be very interesting for the history books in the future. They'll be probably looking at things you never know, like your letters, Dan, or like people's journals, to see how people cope with it. (laughs) The
0: future historians looking at my letters. (laughs) That's (laughs) quite. That's quite an image. So, with many of us stuck at home, the lockdown has changed our eating habits. Not only do we have more time to spare, we also have to produce free meals a day from our kitchens and our homes. Now, it can be easier to make the same thing or fall back on convenient dishes.
2: To spice things up, pun certainly intended, I spoke to Chef Barry Bryson about how the lockdown has changed his business and asked him for some meal suggestions, advice on supermarkets and some culinary trips. Um Hi Barry, can you tell us a bit about yourself?
3: Hi, thanks for having me on. Um, well, I'm, I'm a private chef working across the events platform sector and uh, with with brands and with clients at home. And obviously, all of those elements of who I cook for are currently not in operation. So uh, it was a decision made that I wanted to continue cooking. Obviously, uh, working with my suppliers. So I just and obviously with the need for home delivery service, decided to begin offering uh, food for you to have at home, basically.
2: And I know from Instagram that one of the things you've been doing is working solo in your kitchen so you can make food delivery. So at what point did you decide to do that and what was the reason behind it?
3: Well, I feel that, you know, for all of us, the situation came upon us pretty quickly Um, and we all found ourselves having to make decisions quite quickly. For me, I had a few key things, which was that, you know, as a chef, you know, part of cooking is part of who I am. So I definitely knew that in some way, shape or form, I wanted to keep on cooking. I knew we'd have to make massive changes because I normally work with a small team. Um, and at this point, I'm self-isolating at work, meaning that I'm self producing uh, everything myself. So I made the decision at that point that we wouldn't be able to offer the full range of services that we normally do. And they're not required anyway my logic was that people needed really good quality ready meals in their freezers or they might be celebrating something special. Um, So I created two options, really. One is, uh, you know, great quality bulk uh, freezer ready meals. And the other is a more interactive service whereby I prepare you a five course tasting menu and then send you an information video to your smartphone detailing just the last minute touches you need to do with the dishes and it's quite fun because it means people can have a bit of creativity with my cooking but also it means that if you were celebrating something special you have got those nice ingredients at home and somebody's done all the legwork with them.
2: And out of the deliveries that you've made what's been a popular dish that you've had?
3: Oh okay well you know for the for the freezer filling stuff I've had quite a lot of love for the fish cakes Um, which has been nice because there are certain dishes that I think that we all all turn to when we're at home. I love lasagnas. I love cottage pies. I love fish cakes. I love all of these things. But, you know, quite often when you buy them as ready meals, they're not very satisfying. So I kind of had this theme in my head that, you know, we were going to produce that food, yes, because it's kind of what we all want to eat. But I also wanted it to have a little bit more of a, um, a bit more of a wife factor with it. So I was delighted that the fish cakes, the tagines, and stuff—it's all gone down really well. Actually, it's been fun uh, doing it, but it's been lovely hearing the feedback.
2: You might have touched on this a bit already, but where have your food deliveries mainly been delivered to?
3: Well, in the re- in recent weeks, entirely to people's homes. I'm self-producing, meaning that I'm working alone. I'm doing the deliveries and I go to uh, within a safe distance of somebody's doorstep and I leave it there basically. So um, I'm not really able to go into people's homes as I normally do and, and, and put all the finishing touches and do all the, the last minute cooking jobs. And obviously I can't deliver to venues at the moment. So it's just social distancing rules but with a food delivery service.
2: And how have you found sourcing supply um, to make your food?
3: Um. Well, we're a small um, organization at any point in the year. So the suppliers that we work with are kind of key decisions for us. Um, going back to why we decided to do it is that we're, we, you know, if it's a part of the food chain. We are also important to our suppliers. And I wanted, even though it's nowhere near the volume of, of stock that we would normally order, I'm just working with my normal three key suppliers my butcher, my fishmonger, and, and my veg supplier because I thought that I didn't want to disappear from them either because we're important to them. And also we can access things that people can't necessarily get at home so from supermarkets. So it was also bearing that in mind.
2: And for those of us looking to make meals out of the food that we already have in our cupboards, do you have any meal suggestions that would fit that criteria?
3: Well, I mean, I would say that, you know, like all of these situations, shopping's a little bit complicated at the moment. People are going shopping less often. That's good. They're buying more when they shop. That's also good. So I suppose my top tip would be time and planning. Kind of know, you know, supermarkets have most of them have got a one-way system at the moment. So writing a list uh, before you go, menu planning before you go, it will also mean that when you get home, you've kind of got already in your head all the things that you're going to do and the days to do them. But I would basically you know uh, shop carefully because cooking three meals a day at home is unheard of for all of us so this is you know uncharted territory for most of us so shop well plan it well and you know enjoy it try new things it's a new season at the moment even though we're indoors there's a lot more even in supermarkets you know good quality seasonal veg that we can't get during the winter months so we can still enjoy that we just have to shop a bit more carefully
2: And at the start of the pandemic, people were, you know, stockpiling pasta, then it was flour. What do you think will be the next item that UK consumers will be stockpiling if you could make a prediction?
3: Well, you know, I think that actually uh, nothing because it's, been proven that by careful planning and shopping yes i know that the you know there was the dried goods and the flour but you know and they're still actually to be fair based on what my friends have told me there's still that because i'm giving everybody flour at the moment there's still not an awful lot of flour in supermarkets um i would say that we're 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 almost at that point now where we're used to queuing we're used to the idea that we can't always get the first choice But if I'm honest with you, shopping has always been like that for me anyway, because when you go shopping, I'm not always looking just because it's there. I'm looking for what's in season. So maybe it's just making everyone a little bit more careful about what they're purchasing.
2: And for those people who are now spending more time at home and then they're cooking now at home for the first time, like you were saying, they might be starting to venture out into making three meals a day for themselves. Are there any culinary tips for people who are starting out
3: yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would say, you know, first and foremost, really genuinely, sincerely, enjoy it. I've been cooking at home in a way I haven't done for years. I'm able to take more time. And it is a fairly, you know, for me, food, cooking and eating are always fairly therapeutic. Um, so enjoy it, first and foremost. Secondly, you know, look to your cookbook, look to the internet. Um, I started a YouTube page with um, some home cooking videos on because I thought, you know, I don't necessarily just want to make these food for people. I would love people to make it themselves. So I started a YouTube page so people can watch 10 minute demos of dishes and go away and do them. So use the internet, use your cookbooks and be motivated and enjoy enjoy the process because, you know, when you go back to work and everyone's working, you know, nine, 10 hours a day again, that time won't be there.
2: And if you were to pinpoint kind of an easy dish, a starting out dish, what would that be for people to try? So you mentioned earlier that, you're a fan of a cottage pie and things like that so is there anything that you would say that yeah that's a dish that people could try out if they are not sort of you know an expert in the kitchen
3: exactly well I mean you know at the moment it's a great time of year you know even in in supermarkets as I said there's new produce available look to the fact that the weather is getting a little bit nicer think about some of those things that you haven't been eating and, and and start introducing them but you know those classic dishes of you know, casseroles and fish pies and tagines and, and cottage pies, you know, you can do them quickly and get a fairly good result, or you can put some thought and time and effort into them and get something much more uh, much more satisfying. So, you know, when I when I look at it, for me this always is coming down to a time issue. We have time to think about our food a lot more at the moment and we have to plan what we're going to eat a lot more. So therefore, you know, make that part of the enjoyment.
2: Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you very much, Barry. I think we've learned some great tips there um, about meal planning and like you were saying, looking to the seasons to how we might uh, cook our food. So thank you very much.
3: Thank you very much for having me on.
2: That was my chat with Chef Barry Bryson. How have you been finding cooking in the lockdown, Dan?
0: I'm a terrible cook. I'm a self-confessed terrible cook. The only chef in my kitchen is Chef Mike. The Chef Mike is the microwave. Although I have to say, I've rediscovered the joys and the pleasures of the slow cooker. I am relying on the slow cooker at the moment. So even for terrible cooks like me, the slow cooker can make a great few dishes that can last a while. So I know you were earlier you said you've been sort of cooking whatever and you suggested some dishes. What dishes do you think you'd like to try?
2: Um, the other week... I made uh, some onion badgies but I think I'd really like to try making things like bakora and stuff now that I've got more time so I'm really interested in trying to make some different Indian food because I think especially with vegetarian food it's nice to like diversify and try different things than just kind of having like typical veggie meals like veggie burgers or other things that you typically have so it's quite nice to try some new things and you mentioned your slow cooker there Dan so what sort of things do you cook in your slow cooker?
0: I make uh, curries, casseroles, meatballs, uh, just anything really. Um, just, you know, you end up making things in large portions just for the nature of the slow cooker. Um, but my, mine, I, I'm a non-veggie, so mine tends to be quite meat-heavy dishes really.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think, like you say, there's no limit to the things that we can try and cook. And I think that having our fridges and our kitchens nearby now that we're working from home is, is certainly dangerous. <laughs> now, being stuck left at home has left parents with the unenviable position of attempting to keep their children entertained. By day, they have to homeschool their kids, and by evening, they have to find new ways to stop them getting bored.
0: Now, earlier, I spoke to Hazel Reynolds, founder of Gamely Games, about how parents can get their kids away from screens and spend quality time bonding with them over fun and amusing games. Well, the first question that I'll ask you is. Um, Basically, could you tell us a bit about yourself and a bit about your background? Uh,
1: Nearly five years ago, I set up my company, which is called Gamely Games. Uh, So we exist to uh, get everyone smiling and laughing together. And we do this by creating uh, hilarious family-friendly card games. When I first set it up, I just made this game randomised to lure my 12-year-old sister away from her iPad. Uh, So every time I'd go home, she'd be on her iPad. So I made this game to try and lure her away. And yeah, it worked really really well. It took us nearly a year uh, to decide to actually try and make it into a thing that people could buy. Um, And we started on Kickstarter, you know, making a product that people could buy before we'd made it. And yeah, it just really took off. People people loved it um it ended up becoming the um one of the top 10 best-selling card games on amazon the year afterwards and yeah we've been really we've been blown away by how much people just just love playing the games i think people are looking for something you know they want an excuse to put their screens down and reconnect with their families we've yeah we've since made four other games foundiculous frozen unicorns jibber giggle and the pretender we've also ended up going on dragon's den uh we've just been named the amazon small business of the year um and yeah and through through it all we've been just trying to spread a bit of joy and get people get people hanging out together again and playing games
0: go on then you'll have to tell us about the dragon's den what happened
1: it was really fun. People laugh when I say that but you know I love talking about my business and you know five dragons sat there interested in it. It was um yeah it was it was a fun experience. Um in the end the, we did get an offer from Jenny Campbell but it wasn't it wasn't quite what we wanted so it was it was a tough call had to had to turn it down but um I think it's been the best decision for the business to be honest. I think it gives us the freedom to kind of make our make our decisions based on our motto, which is have fun, do good, uh, without having to worry about, you know, an investor coming after us and saying, but what, how can you prove this is going to make a profit? We just have to trust our gut.
0: It's a cliche to say it at the moment, but these are extraordinary times. It's what you put, you put on the emails. I hope you're keeping well. These are extraordinary times. How has your business adapted to these circumstances?
1: Everyone wants to play games, you know, people are, are facing lockdown and they're thinking, how can I have more fun with my family while I've got the time to spend with them? Um, and we've actually seen um, our sales uh, since lockdown begin, began, I think on average, our sales are four times higher than last year. So, um, so yeah, I think we're one of the exceptions of businesses that's actually doing doing okay we feel a bit guilty to be honest uh, that we're doing okay when other businesses are struggling but but we feel we feel happy that we're spreading joy and you know our games are bringing a bit of light during this dark time
0: i was just about to say that there's no need to feel guilty because obviously there's going to be a lot of parents looking for things to do during the lockdown and, and you know games like this can bring people closer they can t- take away you know getting kids off their ipads and off the games cons- consoles
1: yeah, it's lovely. You know, people say, you know, I've uh, found, finally found a game that my teenagers will enjoy and, you know, that my kids will play with my grandparents. And, yeah, it's so nice hearing all the stories of um, of people connecting. And, we, and we've been doing some other things as well. So we have just just inspired by the lockdown, really. We've done a few little initiatives to try and get games to more people. So we did one thing, Brightening Birthdays. So we got we got quite sad thinking about all the children uh, who'd had their birthday parties cancelled uh, due to due to the lockdown. So we used our uh, Facebook followers to help us find um, it was 200 children in the end who'd had their uh, birthdays cancelled, and we've sent them all out like, a free game and a little birthday card. Um, so that's been amazing as well, seeing all the pictures and smiles from that. So That's been brightening up our day.
0: <laughs> oh, that's very sweet. Your Twitter bio says that you're helping people spend more quality time laughing with family and friends. Now, have you got any tips how to connect with these family and friends during the lockdown when people are far away
1: yeah i mean i think the crux of it um it's just make is 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 making the time for quality time it sounds it sounds simple but you know when we're when we're locked down i mean even with our with our you know our family that we're spending all day every day with i think that there's a difference isn't there between being with people and really spending that quality time so you know whether it's a games night or a date night or cooking together i think just making time to have that quality time and put your phones down and actually concentrate on on spending time together um, uh, is important but yeah with people who who aren't in your household um yeah incredibly important to to connect with them i think we found um you know we we're, we're seeing some people some of our close friends who live far away more than um more than we would normally um, and that's been one, one of the silver linings of the cloud but yeah I think whether it's by Zoom or Skype or even just giving someone a phone call and I think yeah making the effort to connect with those people that you can't see right now um, is so important And and it's often the thing it might feel a bit I don't know. I, th- I find often like first Zoom call feels a bit awkward, and then as soon as you get into it, now it just feels so normal. We've actually thought, we're probably going to continue having Zoom calls with our Yorkshire friends.
0: Um, so the, the Zoom, Zoom does play, and also all the video chats play a big part in virtual games nights. How would it work with your games? Because they're card games, aren't they, essentially?
1: Yes. So um, well, we've been having great fun working out uh, which of our games, well, our games and our games collection, you know, all the ones we've got will work well on Zoom. And um, yes, yeah, it's quite a challenge, you know, trying to play a board game over Zoom. You've got to be really dedicated to uh, moving all the pieces and, and moving the screen and stuff so they they don't really work so well. But um, so the two we found the two of our games that work the best um, from our experience is Soundiculous and Frozen Unicorns. Soundiculous is the game of ridiculous sounds. So basically, you just have to choose a card, easy, medium or hard, It's got two sounds on it. You choose one and you make the sound. Um, Now, that sounds super simple, but you soon realise that what you can hear quite clearly in your head comes out quite differently when you try and make the noise from your mouth. And it often just descends into hilarity. Um, And obviously, everyone else has to guess what what sound you're making. Uh, And that's pretty easy on Zoom because you can just, if one person can have the deck and then they can just hold up cards to the to the camera while everybody else looks away except the person who's going to be making the sound um so that's probably our favorite one to play on zoom um and it's a good little warm-up for your conversations as well it gets people kind of relaxed um and the other one is frozen unicorns which we found is really good if we're playing with kids frozen unicorns is super simple again all you have to do is Take a card. Everyone looks at it except one person. And then everyone has to make a statue with their body to represent that thing. So, you know, you might be trying to be a frozen ballerina or a frozen monkey. uh, And then when you're ready, the guesser looks at the screen, sees everyone making the statues and has to guess what they are. Um, And again, just very silly, very funny, Um, and gets you moving as well, which we all need to do in the lockdown, don't
0: we? How can can you encourage maybe older older children to get away from their Xboxes and their playstations and their ipads etc
1: i think but like planning in the time you know like i said before about just making that quality time making it a bit special you know whether you get some special snacks for games night or you know making it feel like a different uh like like you're doing something special um and then choosing the right games you know um i think we've all got memories of uh some of the games that don't work quite so well for uh for family games nights you know the ones that are causing arguments and ended in tears and all that kind of thing so um, Um, Yeah, I think there's so many good games out there at the moment um, that really that really do get you engaged and that you do want to play again and again, and that there's less of a kind of, um, less likely to end in tears. So whether that's, um, uh, party games, so, you know, something really light, something party games that gets people kind of smiling and laughing and, you know, you don't have to read a big instruction rule, book, you can just get straight into it. Um, that's quite fun. But also if you are looking for something a bit more kind of strategic, um, I definitely have a look at, um, Uh, euro games or german style games so um these are kind of less less kind of direct conflict so you know you're not going to be kind of uh ruining each other's chances kind of things and it's more you're they're very relaxing to play because you're sort of working and exciting because you're sort of working on your own objectives trying to kind of um well whether it's build trains or you know um It doesn't sound very exciting, but it is. Um, Whatever you're trying to do in the game, you're kind of working on your own little projects and having to work out what everybody else is doing, but without kind of ruining it for them. So, yeah, so, I mean, the the classic ones are, um, like, Ticket to Ride and Settlers of Catan. Um, And one of my favourites is Isle of Sky, um, which I think is a very clever game. And all of those are sort of um, much more likely to lead to fun games nights that don't end in arguments and that actually people want to play again, I think.
0: There was say the M words, monopoly.
1: <laughs> <sighs> I've got a lot to say about monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> I won't bore you with it now. <laughs> but yeah, monopoly, I mean... Yeah, Monopoly is just designed to cause arguments. I it's not a happy game. There's there's so much um so much luck involved and also there's well there's a positive feedback loop, I think it is, which means once someone starts winning, they're almost guaranteed to win. You know, once you start winning, you've got more money, you're more likely to keep winning. And it just means it's painful and like frustrating for everyone else and if you're winning you think oh i'm playing this really well i'm doing really well when really a lot of it's like and when you're losing you know it feels very frustrating um no i think monopoly is designed designed to call arguments i will happily never never play monopoly again in my life and i love games
0: (laughs) there are established games out there like your own games but a lot of parents are figuring out ways their own ways to entertain children are there any tips you'd give to parents who are creating their own games for the families and the friends
1: yeah i love that idea i think it's yeah i think it's so nice making uh, making something personal i mean It's like different quizzes from games, sorry, but we've been having great fun making kind of personalised quizzes uh, and our friends have all been making quizzes and stuff that we've been enjoying together. So, um, yeah, definitely making putting that personal touch to things, I think, is wonderful and just feels, yeah, feels really lovely. I think when it comes to games... um, I think keep it as simple as possible, you know, there's no need to make things complicated if you don't have to, and the simpler, the simpler you can communicate your game, the better and get people playing, um, and yeah, making it personal, so whether you, um, you know, whether you want to adapt charades, and yeah, adapting as well, so take a game that you love and make it more personal would be a great place to start, so, you know, if you want to do charades, uh, but make up all the um, things you have to act out as members of your family and your friends, or you know your kids' favourite TV or book characters um, or whether you want to like get crafty and make a, a board or a card game I think one way one way would definitely get people interested in, in again is making it personal so you know whether that's personal references to funny things within your family or you know even printing out some pictures of your family and cutting up their faces and putting those on the cards and the board and, and you can have very simple me- mechanics you know it can just be roll the dice and move and do a forfeit or um, or anything like that but if it's personal I think it's just going to feel special and it's probably something you'll keep you know if you make something like that it's probably something you'll keep in your your lockdown treasure box
0: (laughs) it's making the best of a bad situation
1: yeah absolutely and i and and you know we're incredibly fortunate you know that we can work from home um you know i feel never felt so lucky to have a garden and i'm hugely aware that you know everyone's lockdown is completely different and you know it's a lot easier for us to make a best or a bad situation than it is for some other people. So, yeah, massively aware of that, and yeah, with our business, but also um, we've also been doing some other kind of charitable stuff. So, um, getting uh, well, making we donate ten percent of our profits to charity. So we've been redirecting that to kind of relevant causes for for the coronavirus, um, you know, effort. And um, we've also run a couple of initiatives in Brighton. So uh, one um, to get games to low-income families um, through a project called Trump and another one working with the council to get um, games to families who are in emergency accommodation. So, you know, families who suddenly find themselves homeless and have to go into temporary accommodation, um, you know, they collect donations for things to give them. And often they've got lots of toasters and uh, things like that, but they said they didn't have anything fun for them um you know something for the kids to play with so we've been working with them to get get games to them um yeah it's a very weird time i hope we'll look back and think we did a little something to help but yeah it's mad isn't it
0: it certainly is is there anything you'd like to add anything you'd like to mention
1: I would uh, let people know that we are running lots of different initiatives. So we did the birthdays initiative uh, for children who miss their birthdays. We're currently running one uh, to get free games uh, to NHS staff. Um, and we've got quite a few different things planned for the next few weeks. Uh, so if they want to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, uh, just search for Gamely Games. Um, and we post about all our stuff there. Yeah. So, um, feel free to follow us there or go to gamelygames.com and uh, see what stuff we're up to.
0: So Hazel Reynolds, the founder of Gamely Games, who spots me earlier. I mean, there's some. Oh, she was suggesting some new games, but what were your favourite board games as a kid, Marvin?
2: I don't know if this would definitely be counted as a board game, but I really like Twister. You know, with a group of friends, you would always, it was a game you could like get in the garden and you could roll it out and it was always quite fun. What about you, Dan?
0: Um, there, there were a few. There's, I, I enjoy playing Risk, which is like a strategy, strategy game, like a war strategy game. Although one particular memory of it was uh, more recently than there was, you know, not when I was a kid. I went to visit my friends in the United States and we decided that we would um, get a campfire out in the back garden or the yard, as the Americans like to say. And um, we play a Risk, we get the fire going, we have a few beers. And in the distance, we could hear some sirens. And we thought, oh, I wonder what's the cause of that. And then the sirens starting to get closer and closer and closer. And then all of a sudden, these five big burly firemen came into the back garden saying, words the fire? With, us with Risk, playing with the pieces on Risk, and then pointing sort of um, feebly at the campfire and they just rolled their eyes at
2: us.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So that's all we've got time for today. Thank you to our guests and thank you for listening to our podcast. So stay safe, stay positive, stay informed and stay tuned.
2: This has been a laudable production from the newsrooms of Birmingham Live, the Edinburgh Evening News and the Manchester Evening News. You can download Alone Together wherever you listen to your podcasts. But for exclusive, interactive, immersive content, download the Entail app for iOS and Android.
0: And you can keep in touch with me, Matt, more than by following Laudable on Twitter, where we, where we are at, Laudable Pods, or by searching for Laudable underscore podcasts on Instagram. See you next time.